0: Hey, what is going on, Rudder Nation? This is another installment of Jerry's Short. These are the shorter episodes of Beyond the Rut, where I get to bring you a practical tip or tool to get you through the weekend and help you launch your new week off on your right foot or your left. depends on which one you like to step off with, right? Now, if you're you're new to Beyond the Rut, Beyond the Rut's a show that's about helping you as a leader create a life worth living in your faith, your family, and your career. So I want to help you become successful not only in your career or business, But I also want you to win at home as well. There is such a thing as work-life balance or work-life harmony uh, because you got to go to work. It's how you make an impact on the world. It's how you earn an income for your family. Don't pursue success so much that you lose your family in the process or you lose the ability to build a family and you lose out on those opportunities for that thing that's bigger than you. So your faith. Now, this particular segment, I want to talk specifically to healthcare leaders. So if you're a leader in a hospital, whether as a manager or director or higher in a hospital or a hospital system, or maybe you work for a uh, a nationwide or global lab organization or uh, radiology type of organization, surgical associates type of thing, this would apply as well. Now, Healthcare specifically has seen a big hit when it comes to uh, employee engagement and voluntary as well as voluntary turnover. And it's taken a toll on everybody. It's taken a toll on those who are leaving. They're leaving for a reason. They're burned out. They're done. They've quit both quietly and vocally, and they've moved on to another organization. Now, some of them do come back, not all. And what we want to do is have more people not leave you in the first place. And then if they do, they come back to you. Now, for those leaders who were staying behind, uh, if you're familiar with the nursing world, uh, in, in the nursing world, if you have enough people call in sick, or they call in, or they're going to be late, the the leader is expected to roll up his or her sleeves and and do patient care. the The weird oxymoron is that by doing the patient care, you're taking care of the immediate need, which is taking care of patients, but then you're you're missing out on the bigger picture, which is bringing more people in to cover for those who called in sick. Uh, so you're not able to call in those who are on call. And, you know, th- there are different reasons why, but, you know, you should or shouldn't. And, you know, maybe you need to balance out budget and it just makes sense to do this for just an hour. Um, whereas if you have somebody who's out for a full shift, maybe you need to you know call somebody in. However, so burnout for leaders is another thing. Uh, but then you got this this term, quiet quitting. What is that? And when we talk about the world of employee engagement, there are three categories. Gallup talks about three categories. You get your actively engaged folks. Those are your walking billboards, the ones that say, hey, you need to come work for this organization. It's great. Here's why. This is how you can grow in your career. This is how well we pay. Here are the benefits. Here, you get to work with me, you know, those kinds of things. Those are your actively engaged advocates, your, your actively engaged employees. The, the, the bottom of the rung or the other end of the spectrum are your actively disengaged people. You can tell who they are because they are talking trash about your organization. They're talking trash about your coworkers. They're probably the bullies within the organization or the department. Um, maybe the spotlight in front of the leadership, but then they're terrible, talented people, uh, terribly talented people uh, when the leaders aren't looking or maybe the, they don't care if the leaders are looking or not. They're, they're like, hey, I produce so I can get away with this. Uh, and so they're the ones that are just making life miserable for everybody else. They're bringing morale down uh, because they're just kind of letting their poison spill out throughout the, uh, the apple bunch in a sense. They say one apple, one rotten apple will spoil the bunch that you're actively disengaged. And then in the middle, you have your not engaged. They, they show up, they get their job done, they do the bare minimum, and they go home. And So they, they do what they're asked to do. They don't go above and beyond. They don't talk about work beyond you know, the, the walls of work. And they're not exactly saying, hey, you ought to come work for us. They're just they're there. Uh, and they make up the bulk of the workforce. Now, within that middle group of not engaged folks, you have your quiet quitters, uh, and then you get your vocal quitters at the actively disengaged piece uh, of this spectrum I'm talking about. Uh, so Gallup has pointed out a couple of things, as well as the Department of Labor and Statistics. So from 2020 to 2022, we've seen a spike in voluntary quitting or voluntary turnover in organizations. And the second hardest hit industry Guess who it was? Healthcare. That's right. So healthcare was the number two hardest hit industry when it came to a drop in employee engagement as well as voluntary turnover. Uh, I know in in some of the areas I've seen, um, there was a big spike in voluntary turnover for healthcare organizations. So RNs voluntarily leaving within a 12-month window. Um, I've been in organizations where their turnover rate was lower than... uh, the the norm. In fact, I've got a friend who's out of I think Louisiana running a hospital uh, with a ridiculously low single digit voluntary turnover rate, and I've been begging him to tell me the the magic of his ways. Uh, however, I know the structure that has helped him get there because I kind of learned it from him when I was being mentored by him. So, those are the three back brackets. Healthcare has been hardest hit by both uh, employee engagement as well as voluntary turnover, and some of the things organizations are doing to try to stem that tide is you know things like compensation adjustments you know they were paying travel nurses a certain amount let's kind of move some of that money over to the people who are staying and being loyal to us and that's helped a little bit Um, the counter to it is it never seems to be enough money for enough people and that's valid you're trying it's something you can't not do Um, you got to do this and especially if you want to be competitive in the labor market But the second thing is, you know, creating career pathways. How do you go from an entry-level position into a uh, RN role or a leadership role? And, you know, for some of these, it's a clear path. and others, it's more of a matrix of opportunities that all sort of punch your ticket to move you forward. Now, the easiest paths can be built out within a few months, and I think a lot of hospitals have done that, where it's like if you come in as a patient care technician or a certified nurse assistant, How do you become a registered nurse within a couple of years? How do you become a nurse practitioner within a few years? What kind of programs can we offer to support your growth in that way? And I think a lot of hospitals and health systems have that. The limitation here is that it's very limited and it's targeted and you can't do everything for everyone. However, the people who aren't being covered by this pathway start to wonder, well, what about us? How do we grow? How do we advance in our career? And that's where you find a lot of risk as well. And then the third thing a lot of organizations are doing is providing formal upskilling programs for computer skills, uh, soft skills, and so on. And those are also very great, also needed. However, the the biggest thing I've heard from organizations I've spoken with is uh, we need to have these, we need more of it. The problem is we only have so many resources we can pour into these formal training programs. And at the leadership level, the team level, there are only so many people they can send at one time, and still keep the lights on for the business and keep operating for the business. And we got to find return for that that investment as well. So you have those things that are good, but then there are the counterweights to it as well. And when I've spoken to managers and directors, as well as a few executives, hands down, they've said the same thing: what they love to see, and in, in the healthcare industry, is uh, what can I do as a manager or a director to engage my employees, to boost their morale, to give them these growth opportunities, because the biggest reasons why people are leaving their organization is they didn't feel cared for or connected to their organization, and they didn't see growth opportunities where they were. So what can you do as a leader in healthcare to boost morale, to boost their sense of feeling cared for, and to give them growth opportunities with what you have in front of you. So we're going to go a little Mr. Miyagi style. You're not going to have people waxing cars and painting fences and sanding floors. However, and so nobody's also going to be able to win any karate tournaments after my session here, but you can apply four stakes to your leadership style. If you put these four stakes in the ground, uh, you know, I talk a lot about tents, you know, tents, the fastest way you pop a tent up is you stake out the corners first and boom, you can put the poles in and your tent structure Opens up, provides you the protection you need. It is mobile, it's adaptable. And leaders today need to be just like that. You need to be mobile and move to where your people are. You need to be adaptable to the environment around you. And the way you get that tent structure up so you can collect information, sh- process information, and share it is you got to stick your corners first. And so, what are those four stakes in the ground that you as a healthcare leader can put? Uh, the first one is the T. From tent, and that is trust building. And think about the ways that people have built trust with you in the past. Your leaders before you have done things that built trust with you in the past, and they've done things that undermined your trust. Now, as I'm going through these four stakes in the ground, I also want you to do a SWOT analysis. What are the strengths that you're experiencing in these areas? What are your weaknesses? What are your opportunities for growth? And what are your threats to your success? So take notes like that as I continue on. So going back to trust building think about what do you do well to build trust with your people? What are some of the things you think you've done to undermine your trust with people? And and some things that undermine trust are things you probably don't even realize you're doing. You know, do you yell at people when they make a mistake and then storm off without really considering the emotional wake you left behind for your staff or your patients? Do you, tend to be condescending to people like, hey, I'm disappointed in your behavior. Hey, you know better than that. You're not a child. Do you talk to your staff in a way that makes them feel like children? Because that would undermine trust. Do you try to gaslight them? And if you do this, this is a much bigger problem and you probably need to see some help for this one. But are you gaslighting them? You give out an assignment. They execute it as best they can when they come back to you. You say, hey, that's not what I told you. I never told you that. But they've got the notes that say, yes, you did. Or here's the email. Um, It's probably why a lot of times HR asks people to document their conversations, especially corrective ones with their staff, because somebody somewhere is going to be gaslighting somebody. Um, So don't do that. So think about that. What are you doing that builds trust? What are you doing that cuts away at your trust. One thing I love to teach folks is how to create their leadership credo. So what are the things you stand by? And I did an episode of that uh, earlier, and I'll put that link in the show notes for this uh, particular short episode. So knowing your credo means you know who you are, what you stand for, and you can share that with people in a way that allows them to hold you accountable to it or you know ex- have these expectations of you. And, and when you falter short, you, you have a, a baseline. You can say, hey, I'm sorry. One of the things I value is collaboration. And this was the decision I had to make without being able to collaborate with all of you. This wasn't the normal process. This wasn't my preferred way to go. This is what I had to do. This is what I implemented based on my decision. And I want to know, where do we go from here? How do we push this forward? How can you help me make this successful? That would go a lot further than, hey, I'm the boss here, my way or the highway. And there's some leaders out there that they feel like that that's worked for them. And it does work in the short term. We're talking about long term success here. We don't want you to just turn the ship around for like a few weeks and then go back to the way you were, you know. If you're going to level up your career, take on this framework and and think about it long term. So that first stake in the ground is trust building. The second one is empowering. So what can you do to empower your staff, empower their voice, empower their actions? And the three big things I recommend here are uh, give clarity when you are transparent with information you provide clarity of assignments responsibilities you are empowering people to take action to make decisions on their own another practice that's common in healthcare that hopefully your organization has been introduced to this uh, and that's rounding with your employees you might be familiar with rounding with your patients this is the same idea but with your employees checking in with them on a regular cadence to not just see how things are going but to really build connection with them and offer them insights from what you see, but also gather from them information on what could help you lead everybody else better. And then delegation with a uh, four-level decision-making model. And I've done an episode about that as well. So I'll link that in the show notes. Uh, But moving on to the third stake in the ground, navigating for success. Your employees want to grow in their career. You know, very few of us want to just be here and work in our position for the rest of our lives. And even if we're in the same title type of position or the same level position, we still want to grow. We want to learn new things. We want to um, get better at what we do. You know, some folks are more resistant to change than others, but still, I think those folks also want to get better at what they do. And if not, they're probably your actively disengaged or you're quietly quitting type of folks. Uh, But when you're navigating for success, you're helping that individual identify his or her goals. Where do I want to go in the next year, the next five years, the next 10 years of my career? How can I pursue those goals and also help the organization achieve its goals? And then from there, you can come to some agreed on goals that say in the next six months, uh, I nurse so-and-so I'm going to do this. I, as a lab technician are going to pursue this and it's going to help me advance in my career. It's going to help me grow in these skills. And also it's going to help the organization in this way. And I believe I've done an episode about that as well. And I'll link that in the show notes. Uh, so this is kind of the bring it all together episode guys. Uh, but also providing feedback in a way that you're just focusing on the situation the behavior of the individual and the impact that that behavior had. And when you focus on the behavior of the individual, you're removing the emotional load that comes with feeling attacked. And and you got to remind your people when you're giving feedback, especially corrective feedback that you're talking about this situation, this pattern of behavior and the impact that behavior is having, and then invite them into a conversation of how do we shift that to the desired behavior? What's going on that prevents you from doing this? Let's solve this together and stay within our policies and protocols and the expectations of the whole team here. But So goal setting, feedback, feedback, we just kind of touched a little bit on coaching there for success, Uh, but give feedback when they're doing the things you want them to do, catch them doing those things and say, Hey, I just saw you check in on that patient, even though it was earlier than you were planning. I love that. Here's why, because you connected with them on a personal level, you made them feel comfortable. You made them feel safe. That is the impact that your action just now had with that person and their family. And thank you for doing that. You know, we need more of that throughout the world, um, if not just this department or team. And so just recognize people privately, publicly, uh, know what your people like in terms of recognition and recognize them in that way. Um, which leads me to the last piece So feedback in a positive sense really ties into this last stake in the ground and that's thriving together. Did you know that people who get recognized on a regular basis are six times more likely to stick around, stay employed by your organization than those who do not receive regular recognition in the work they're doing. Um, yeah, that's that's the word out there. Gallup, again, surveying lots of organizations, lots of people who quit their jobs in the last three years. Why'd you quit? Didn't feel recognized by my boss. And I was putting a lot of work in. Uh, think about all the people, you know, who quit because they were disgruntled. You've probably quit from a job because you felt like you weren't being recognized for what you brought to your organization. Here's the thing. You're not alone. 29% of employees in the United States in 2022 said they had not received recognition from their, their supervisor in over a year. Oh, you want to be that guy? I don't want to be that guy. I never want to be that guy. So when I was talking about feedback catching your employees doing the thing you want to see them doing and talking about the impact. That's where that last T comes into place. It's so important that you recognize your team members for doing a great job. Tell them specifically what they're doing well. Don't just say, hey, way to go. I heard good things about you and move on. That is so disingenuous. That is so fake. And guess what that does to your trust stake? Yeah, pulls it right out of the ground. you got to start all over with that guy. So if you want to maintain the trust you're building, empower your people to take action and make good decisions that align with the organization's needs and desires and core values, uh, you want to help them navigate for their career success as well as the organization's success, learn to thrive together. Recognize people in a genuine, specific way and in a way that they like to be recognized. And you'll see in the healthcare space that people are going to find that even though their jobs are hard, because healthcare is hard. If you've never worked in healthcare, you probably don't know what I'm talking about. You probably had a hard job in, in some respect. But in healthcare, you're caring for people when they're at their worst, especially in the hospital setting. In some cases, you're caring for people in their final moments of life. And you're not just caring for the individual patient. You're caring for their family members, their loved ones, their visitors. You're also kind of caring for your teammates because you're all working together. After you lose a patient, you're, you're going to have to work together for the next patient so that you don't repeat that outcome or you can try to prevent that outcome. Uh, you're working together to provide the safest environment for your patients, the family members, and each other. And to do that, you got to have some trust. You got to have a team that feels empowered to take action, to report uh, uh, unsafe situations. You got to help them navigate their career for success, to keep getting better at what they do. And you got to celebrate the wins because, in healthcare specifically, there are also a lot of losses. And we got to be able to pick ourselves up and move forward and take care of the next family, the next patient that comes in through those doors. So hopefully I helped you as a healthcare leader, put those four stakes in the ground. You've been taking notes with a SWOT analysis type of mindset that, okay, here's what I'm doing well. Here's where I have some weaknesses. Here are my opportunities to strengthen what I'm doing or improve on something. And here are the threats that would prevent me from achieving that greatness, that leveling up of my career as a leader that's all I had for this episode. And what I'd love to hear from you is what was the outcome of your SWOT analysis? And send me an email at info at beyondtherut.com. And I'd love to get that conversation going. Say, hey, listen to that uh, conversation about healthcare leadership and applying the TENT framework to help quell quiet quitting. You don't have to use those exact words, but I'd like to know what your SWOT analysis was like. Join you for a conversation and, you know, help you iron out a strategy for what you're going to do for the next 12 to 24 weeks to turn that ship. Just, you know, some of us need to do a 180 degree turn on our ship and get back to the land of high engagement, high performance and high safety and and all those things. Some of us just want to do a little pivot to stay on course. You're doing some great things and you just want to kind of improve it incrementally either of those situations, reach out to me. Love to chat with you. Again, info at beyondtherut.com. I'd give you my other business email address, but this is the one I'm used to saying. It's easier to remember. Uh, You're already here at beyondtherut.com. And there we go. Now, I'm glad you joined me for this episode. I hope you got a lot of value out of it. I look forward to joining you on the next one. But until next time, go live life beyond the rut. Take care.